0: Hebrews chapter 13, and uh, I'm just going to read to you one verse, Hebrews 13, and verse number 15. Turn to somebody and tell them tonight, Pastor, sure glad you're here. I know that it's a holiday weekend, and that's the price you pay for being an American. Uh, I told Bishop tonight, he said, woo, there's a lot of people not here. I said, I know, I hope the Lord don't come on a holiday. (laughs) That'd be bad, wouldn't it? Uh, if he does, maybe it'll be a church holiday. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. If you're there, say amen. amen. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Let us offer the sacrifice of of praise to God continually. Let the church say amen to the reading of the word of God. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight about the sacrifice of praise. And you may be seated tonight in Jesus' name if you promise me you won't stay there. If you're going to stay there, you know what the rule is, right? Come on, somebody. You're going to have to stand. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 is very interesting. I'm going to read it to you a little bit. I'm going to preach to you before the night's over. and I'm going to lay a little groundwork. There's something very interesting about the sacrifice of praise that I think sometimes we overlook. Now, get ready for this deep revelation. Don't let it knock you off your seat. The sacrifice of praise will cost you something. If it's a sacrifice, it costs you something. Woo, God bless you. You're dismissed. Come on. It's going to cost you something. You've heard me talk about it many times in the past that I grew up hearing people say things like we got this little Pentecostal subculture where we talk our own language. And you find this when you're dealing with new converts and they say, what's that mean? And I I used to hear people say all the time, Ooh, he danced in the spirit. That's true. But the next morning, his calves were sore. Because when you dance in the spirit, you're dancing in the flesh. You're dancing with your body. David danced before the Lord, bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into, into Jerusalem. But he was weary in his body. Because of what he had done in the spirit, if that makes sense. And so, there is a price to pay. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. You could take this so far in so many different directions. But tonight, I'm preaching to you about the sacrifice of praise. And the apostle said this to the church. He said, what? If a conversation ever starts like this, you know it's pretty serious. You ever had anybody look at you and go, what? I have. If it's one of my kids, it wouldn't be good. One of them hollered down the hall the other night and said, yeah, that ain't going to work here. Yes, sir. What? He said. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? Anybody here tonight got the Holy Ghost? Which you have of God, and this is not a statement, look at the end of this, and ye are not your own, he's asking this question, he said what, did you not know that your body, somebody say my body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost that's in me, and I have it because of God, and I am not my own. Folks. This, 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 this fixes so many things. I wish I had time to really preach this tonight. But the spirit of the age says things like this. My body, my choice. My body, my choice. Until it don't fit the narrative, then, then it's irrelevant. It's amazing how fast America remembered what a woman was last week. Supreme Court justice can't define what a woman is until a woman's rights are taken away. My body, my choice. But we don't have a worldview. We have a biblical worldview. And the biblical worldview says we look at this world through the lens of the scripture. And the Bible does not say my body, my choice. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and you are not your own. Next verse said, for you are bought with a price tell your neighbor tonight somebody bought you you are purchased with a price therefore or because of that because you are not your own and because you've been purchased with a price what did he say glorify God glorify God in your body and in your spirit which Are, is this Wednesday night Bible study? Glorify God in your, come on, somebody shout it out. Lord have mercy, it's starting to feel like a Catholic church in here. I said glorify God in your, in your body and in your spirit, which are God. I don't belong to this world. I don't belong to a religion. I belong to God. It's funny the things we give our bodies to. We'll give our kids' bodies to sports. I used to hear a bishop get up and preach it all the time. He'd say, "Your kids play sports, becomes number one in their life. They fall on the football field and break their ankle. The very next game, somebody's replaced them. Come on. They're replaced. Because we give their bodies to things. I want my children to know tonight. And I want our young people to know tonight. When you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. You belong to God, and that changes everything for you. I want to tell you that when you try to walk away from God and live in a world in a backslidden condition, it just doesn't work out for you because you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. You've been marked by the blood of Jesus. You've been marked the name of Jesus, and you will never be the same again. I was with Bishop Nichols late uh, Friday night after camp. We were ride, riding around in the golf cart, and we didn't steal nobody's. <laughs> if you were at camp, it make sense to you. I didn't steal nobody's golf cart. We were, we were at camp. We were riding around. Bishop Nichols had been, uh, they broke out in revival. Brother Todd Nichols that preached here a few weeks ago. He broke out in a meeting over in Dayton and Brother Bradley Smith's that I just preached for and he said man it's been blowing up been driving over there every week and midweek preaching for him preached there this morning he said he went back home last week on Thursday night and he said man I got to preaching he said I was was throwing it down everything I had and he said my church family was just sitting there staring at me he said I looked at him and said if somebody don't stand up and get with me I'm going back to Dayton (laughs) tell your neighbor tonight say wake up it's Sunday night The idea of sacrifice is everywhere in your Bible. The principle of sacrifice was first established in the book of Genesis immediately after the sin of Adam and Eve. God required that Cain and Abel would bring him a sacrifice. If you're familiar with the story, you know that Abel offered an animal sacrifice that was pleasing to the Lord. Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. But his was unacceptable. As a result, the Bible said that Cain killed Abel out of jealousy. Listen, don't let this throw you off. It's not new. The first murder in the Bible occurred because of religious division. It was a difference in opinion on religion and how it was brought. And it was a spirit that rested on Cain that's mentioned all the way in the book of Jude before Revelation going out of the Bible in the 65th book of your Bible. The spirit that rested on Cain was the spirit of murdering my brother rather than bringing sacrifice God's way. Cain killed Abel because he was jealous of what God blessed. He got jealous of his brother who was blessed. He got jealous of his brother who was received. But rather than changing his spirit, he murdered the brother that was blessed. I'm telling you, in the end time church, we had better learn to rejoice with our brothers who are blessed. Those who would come to God with the fruit of their hands have always been fighting those who come to God on the principle of faith. Don't ever forget that. The spirit of Abel and the spirit of Cain are still alive in the church today. What is so important for you and I to notice is that God required. Somebody say required. God required sacrifice. And when God asked for his sacrifice, he asked the people to bring the very best of their substance and to present it. In a specific manner to the Lord as an offering. We could walk through and I don't have time to take you all the way through it. But there were several sacrificial animals that were offered to God in the tabernacle. The high priest had to offer a bull for the cleansing of his own sin. The ruler of the people had to offer a ram. The people themselves could bring a lamb or goat. And the poor people that couldn't afford a lamb or goat brought a turtle dove to the temple. It's powerful to understand that it did not matter how much of it you could afford, you were still going to bring it. It wasn't about equal giving. It was about equal sacrifice. And people look at some folks and say, I can't worship the way they do. I can't praise the way they do the purpose for the sacrifice was the same god demanded the sacrifice i don't know why people don't like preaching this anymore but god does demand some things of us heaven is not just ours for the taking and revival is not just ours for the taking Anybody can have a dead church. Anybody can have a boring church. Anybody can have a church that's not growing. But if you're going to have revival, it's going to cost you something. So as we walk through, we understand that God demanded the shedding of innocent blood for the covering of man's sin. We could walk you all the way through, through the rams and the bullocks and Uh, The lambs, we could take you all the way through that, but God's laws have not changed. When Jesus Christ died on the cross nearly 2,000 years ago, the scripture tells us that he was the propitiation for our sin. He satisfied God's justice. The blood that was shed on Calvary was the blood that covers my sin today. I know we don't like to talk about the blood a lot anymore, but I do want you to understand this tonight. The blood of Jesus doesn't worry about who you are or where you came from. The blood of Jesus doesn't look at your pedigree. The blood of Jesus doesn't look at your bloodline. The blood of Jesus doesn't look at who your daddy is. The blood of Jesus doesn't look at who your mama is. The blood of Jesus doesn't look at the sins that you've committed. What are you saying, pastor? We've got to believe it tonight. That the blood is good enough for all of us or it's not powerful enough for any of us. Come on, I could preach on miracles, signs, and wonders tonight. I could preach on angels tonight. I could preach on anything. But if the blood don't get you excited, I don't know what could. You were a sinner that was lost without God and His blood made away. Although the need for blood sacrifice was fulfilled at Calvary, The principle of sacrifice was never abolished in the New Testament because the principle of sacrifice originated in the heart of God. Hebrews 13 and 15, I read it to you tonight. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise unto God continually. God knows that you and I, must be in a place of willingness to give if we're ever going to be in a place and posture to receive. I want i want to get this in your spirit. You have got to position yourself in a place of willingness to give before God can posture you in a place to receive. What are you saying, Pastor? There's a principle in here that you cannot afford to miss. In our little cute Pentecostal subculture, we've got this idea of giving God praise when he's done something. And I agree with it. If God's done it, he deserves the praise for it. But what I need to be reminded of every now and then is that he deserves my praise whether he does it or not. Uh, y'all gonna make me preach to you tonight can i tell you that Paul and Silas were locked up at the midnight hour. They were sitting in a prison cell. And the Bible said that they were locked in chains and their feet were locked in fetters. And the Bible said at midnight they began to sing a song and give praise unto God. What the Bible did not say is that when the jailer came in and took the, the chains off their wrists and took the fetters off their feet, then they began to praise God. The Bible said that at midnight. While they were still bound, they began to sing and give praise to God. They did not praise God because the chains were gone. They praised Him because the chains were there. Can you all give me some monitor tonight? We've got this idea that Pentecostal praise is established when God is finished. But every now and then, we've got to learn to give God praise because he started. I mentioned it to you just a little bit this morning, but I want to tell you, we've got to learn to start celebrating small victories. I know you've been praying for that backslider to come home, but thank God they answered the call this week. Thank God they text you back this week. I know you've been praying for your children and you wanted them to come to revival. But they only came on Father's Day. Let's give God praise that they walk through the door. We've got to. We've got to. We've got to, we've got to learn to give him praise. We've got to learn to give him thanks. Woo! You know anything about sacrifice? You know that it's not a sacrifice until it hurts. (laughs) It's not a sacrifice until something dies. Can I preach to you a little bit about pride in here tonight? I wonder sometimes if we haven't got too pretty in our Pentecostalism to really be blessed. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I don't know if y'all noticed this morning what God all over Sarah when she started speaking in other tongues. She stood right here this morning and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And she didn't care what she looked like. She didn't care what she sounded like. I leaned down in her ear. I said, "Sweetheart, don't you worry about what people think about you right now." I said, "When you open up your mouth and start to speak, if there's words that start to come out that you don't understand, don't stop it. Let God speak through you. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you." And she began to shake all over. And I laid hands on her one more time. And we prayed the prayer of faith. And she began to speak with other tongues, but finished with her yet i appreciate the 15 that excites us somebody got the holy ghost come on i'm not being ugly tonight but this is an apostolic church it makes the angels rejoice when a sinner repents what should it do to the church when they're full of the holy ghost I'm about to get fired up in here tonight. God ain't going to bless nobody that's sitting there looking like they've been baptized in pickle juice. Well, it's just emotion and hype. Well, welcome to the emotion and hype. Because if it wasn't for emotion and hype, you wouldn't even be saved. Let me tell you, emotion and height moves the heart of God. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. You need to be quiet. You're making too much noise. Jesus, he made a little noise. And Jesus, stop by the way. I'm telling you, I want to be in a church that will still make a little noise. Sacrifice. Sacrifice will cost you something. But there's something invisible about sacrifice that we've got to get. That sacrifice... Was law. It activates the law of God. Sacrifice triggers the law of God. There's something that happens when you sacrifice in the natural world. That it unleashes something in the invisible world. I don't know how it happened that a man laid himself on a cross. And he took stripes on his back. And he took nails through his hands and his feet. But in the moment that his body gave up the ghost. The blood that ran out. And the water that ran out was enough to relieve me of my sin. I don't know how that happens. But the law of sacrifice is activated when we move it. Now, stay with me. I'm going to try to take you somewhere tonight. They say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So you just worship in spite of the deadhead that don't want to tonight. Somebody shout yes. Abraham and David clearly understood the principles of sacrifice. Abraham, the father of faith, had walked with God for many years. And what I mean when I say he walked with God is that God called him out with no clear direction at all. God just said, come out. And he said, yes. I said, God called him out and he said, yes, he didn't say, where are you going to take me? The Lord said, come on out and then I'll show you faith means you take the step before you know where you're going. He walked with God and God promised him when he was 75 years of age that Abraham and Sarah were going to have a son. And for 24 years You can read this quickly And read right past the timeline But for 24 years They did their best to believe God Until there was another option That came into the picture When they got to the place Lord Jesus I'm preaching right now That it looked like their resources were exhausted And they had outran God's timeline And there was no way for God to do it His wife Sarah looked at him And said well I've got a hand that may be able to make the will of God come to pass in our lives. And we know that Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. But understand, after 24 years of believing that God could, there was a moment of weakness that says, if God does it, then I'm going to do it on my own. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And of course, we understand. That God was not pleased with what he did. Because God had to bless Ishmael. And God had to bless Hagar. But finally at 99 years of age. God appeared to them. And said I am not finished with you yet. I know that you didn't see how I was going to do it. I know you wondered if I ever would. And I know you've tried. God have mercy I want to tell somebody tonight that feels like it's over and it feels like you've exhausted everything you've got that God is not 99 one year later Isaac was born the name Isaac means laughter you know why? because God waited So long to work that it made Sarah laugh when the angel said you're going to have a baby I love that, I know people look at it and say it was doubt, I understand that I understand how people feel about that but I love it when God does something that's so big and so powerful that the only thing you can do is shake your head and smile and say if God wouldn't have done it it would have never happened if God wouldn't have brought it to pass it would have never happened, I wish somebody in here tonight would get a hold of the promises of God and know that God is still able. Uh, Sarah started laughing, but it was God who got the last laugh. I said it was God. Who got the last laugh when Isaac was born. Because Isaac was the joy of his father Abraham's heart. Amen. Father Abraham had looked at the stars one night. And the Lord said, Abraham, you start counting. And I'll sit right here and wait. And when you finally counted until you can't count anymore. Just know that as the stars of the sky are. And as the sand of the sea is. I will fulfill my word in your life. I wish somebody in here tonight would quit looking at the evidence and wake up to the fact that your father created the sun, the moon, the stars, and God is able. Can I take you to the beginning of a thing? Pastor, you got to look at my life and realize there is no hope here. It's not, I'm not just saying that, that, that it would be hard for God. I'm saying it's impossible for God. There is nothing there. I want to take you to the beginning of your Bible in the first of 66 books that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep I'm telling you that God creates his best things in the midst of nothing when there is no evidence that anything's about to break forth when there is no evidence that God is about to break through but the Bible said that the spirit of God moved on the face of the deep and then God said, Can I tell you that any time his spirit is moving and his word is speaking Anything is possible. Sometimes it takes fresh faith for us to believe it. Because when we've been around long enough to see God do it for others. Surely he wouldn't do it for me. We can fall back in our little professional Pentecostalism and just start sitting on the Lord. Oh, well, I think I'll just take the promise that I've got and I think I'll just live with what I've got. Listen, I grew up singing, I'm satisfied, I'm satisfied. And I like, it. I understand, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. I get that. But I want to tell you, it is not the will of God for you to live your life satisfied. It's the will of God for you to live hungry. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst. For they shall be filled. But I've got to get filled every day. I've got to be hungry every day. The Jerry Dean made a statement one day. It just absolutely rocked me. If I remember correctly, we were sitting in a little Italian restaurant in Bozier City. He was sitting across from me. And Bishop, he said this. He said, the problem with Pentecost right now is that us preachers, he said, we fill our pulpits every week and we preach to full people. Are you hearing me? He said, we preach to full people. And it's that dead sea syndrome. We're so used to being poured into, but we don't want anything flowing out. I watched my mother and daddy, I didn't do it, but I watched my mother and daddy get in the Dead Sea. They come out with this black junk all over them, it was all over them. They got out there in the Dead Sea. You can't push somebody under the Dead Sea, you push them. (laughs) come right back up but the thing that's astounding about it is that it's so salty that there's no life in it God have mercy some of us are satisfied with being defined as salt of the earth, oh look at us how salty we are the problem's not with your saltiness the problem's with your savor Some of these young people might be able to call me on this. Is that, I'm going to call you on that. I don't know exactly fully what this means. I just know that my daughters sometimes get salty. They were sitting at the table today and Grayson fired something off of somebody in the text or whatever. my girl was like, ooh, that's salty. I want you to know, Jonathan, 98% of this is your fault. He said they salty all the time. It's salty. It's salty, but what good is salt? if it's lost its savor? I want you to know in the context of what they're saying, "salty" means. Ooh, that was a that was a little heavy. That was a little brash. Listen, I don't want the world looking at me and saying, "Ooh, that's salty." I want the world looking at what kind of life you and I live and saying. That brings value to me. Oh, so you know the scripture. And if they say something to you about false doctrine, then I'm going to be salty and put them in their place. Okay. Just get salty with them and see how many of them you take behind you through the pearly gates. The days of fussing people through to praying through is over. You're not going to fuss anybody into submission. But you're going to have to live a life that has value. And what God has poured into you, you're going to begin to pour. I don't want to be so salty that nothing can live in me. And nothing can live around me. And nothing has life around me. I'm just going to be satisfied with what I got. had someone talk to me this just this week Brother St. Clair what is it why do you why why, why do you have such pressure on you why why do you push the way you do and I said because I'm not satisfied bro you got a great church and I agree God's given us a great church but there's too many people in this city that are dying and going to hell for us to just sit around and have good church. Come in and get our dopamine hit. Oh God. I, 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 was, I was perplexed. Please understand. I, I don't want this to sound ugly the other day. Uh, but some, somebody, I don't remember who it was. Maybe in Brother Bounds, I don't know. Somebody made this statement at camp meeting. They said, we don't even have a baptistry on this campground. And I was like, that's, that's probably true. There, I mean, there may be one in a barn somewhere or something. But then I got, I got to thinking about that, Brother Snow. I'm, that's a campground. I, I get it. But how many apostolic churches right now, If we walked in their church Would not even have water in their baptistry I had a young man in this church That for the sake of his name I'll be very careful when I say this But he had gone to visit a church That he had come out of He went home around the holidays And he came home with tears in his eyes He said, Pastor He said, when I went home he said they had drained the baptistry in the old church, and they put plywood over the top of it, and he said the plywood was covered in Christmas decorations. Uh, yeah, because oh, yeah, nobody goes to hell during Christmas. Lord, help us. Help us. Pastor, why are you preaching like this? I came to stir somebody up on Sunday night. <laughs> Brother Luper, I'm sorry. But I just don't believe it's the will of God for us to have a baptismal service once a month. I believe it's the will of God to baptize somebody in Jesus' name when they repent of their sins and they're ready to be baptized. Uh, I told Cody, I don't know, it's been a few months ago, I told him the story. I said, I don't know if I ever told you the story of your grandpa. You remember Brother Bingham when Larry Merrill got baptized? Remember that? Big old tall man. And he wasn't thin as a rail either. He was a big boy. He called Brother Bingham drunk. In the middle of the night, I believe Papa said it was 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, something like that, middle of the night. He said, Brother Bingham, I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Papa met him down at the church. He said, when I walked in, man, Larry was so drunk, he was stumbling. He said, we walked off into that baptistry, street, big old man. If you could see Papa telling the story, he'd lock his bottom jaw when he'd get tough. He said, I got behind Larry, set upon the profession of your faith. Because you've repented of your sins and desire to be baptized. I'm now, somebody say now. That still excites me. Sarah told me this morning after she got the Holy Ghost, she said, I will be baptized next Sunday morning. (laughs) Brother Bingham said, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. He said, I got a hold of him. He said, I put him down in that water and I lifted him up. He said, when he came up out of that water with his hands raised, he was sober as a newborn baby. I want to tell y'all something. Don't let this shock you. But I don't believe he could have put him in that water and called on any other name. And that man came up sober. But thank God for the power that's in the name of Jesus. I'm hurrying tonight. I'm hurrying just going to be satisfied with my promise but the Lord said to Abraham he said no there is a law and principle with me of sacrifice sacrifice somebody shout that tonight sacrifice and in Genesis the 22nd chapter the Bible said that Abraham and his promise started walking and it was a three day journey and the Bible tells us that Abraham walked with his boy you've heard me preach it through the years you've heard me preach that that Isaac wasn't a little boy anymore he was a full grown man the scripture said that he walked with a boy that could reason with him the boy that was old enough to know and understand. And he looked at him and he said, Daddy, we've got the fire and we've got the wood. But where? Where is the sacrifice? I, I don't have time to run down this road, but I wonder what would happen in some of our lives if our kids were to call us to the carpet, bishop. And said, Dad, I see everything that looks like it. You and Mom have told us how to dress and how to go to church. But where? Where? Where is the sacrifice? Oh, God, help us tonight. I want to tell you. I want to tell you something that I saw the other day. I've never even thought of before in my life So I got to reading I know that Abraham was taking the dagger To the heart of Isaac When the angel of the Lord stopped him But Brother Jordan, there's, 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 there's a detail in there That we'll overlook if we're not careful The Bible said that Isaac looked at him He said, I see fire and I see wood I want to tell you, Abraham's intention Was not to stab that son And leave him laying on top of the mountain. He was taking fire with him. Because he was going to burn him to ashes. Come on. He was going to burn him. To the ground. There was going to be nothing left. God have mercy. Why is this relevant? Pastor I don't understand why this is so relevant. Because he wasn't just going up there to leave the sacrifice laying. He said God if this is what you want. I'll burn it to the ground. I know when we read this story... I know that when we read this story We understand We we get this thing in our minds That God was just going to raise him Abraham believed that And we get over in Hebrews chapter 11 And verse number 19 Accounting that God was able to raise him up Even from the dead From whence also he received him in a figure This is speaking of Abraham In Hebrews 11 and 19 Putting Isaac there But I want you to know that Abraham Had such faith in the sacrificial sacrifice system of god that he was not just anticipating god to raise him off the altar he was anticipating god to raise him out of the ashes it wasn't a sacrifice until it was burned to the ground god i believe you can resurrect this thing in chaos It'd be one thing if he laid him up there and said, Okay, God, resurrect his body. He said, No, in this mess right here, I can't tell where his fingers are, where his toes are. I can't tell where his mind was. I don't know. I don't know. There's, There's nothing that's here. There's nothing that left. I didn't bring him here to take him back with me. I brought him here to leave him here. This is not a sacrifice. Here, God, you can have it. But now that you're done, I think I'll take it back. God was able to resurrect him out of ashes. To fulfill the promise of the Lord by faith. Abraham, when he was tried, verse 17, offered up Isaac and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten Son. This was by faith It was a sacrifice by faith He offered the sacrifice Of faith I've got to get where I'm Going quickly but I want you to understand That the will of God for Abraham's Life was to give him the promise But the will of God for Abraham's Life was for Abraham to Be sure that God always had Access to the sacrifice That he had given him We cannot hoard the promises of God And act like God hasn't been Good to us he said I give you the boy but I want you to give me access to it so there comes a temptation I'm almost done but there comes a temptation and I wish I had time to preach this in depth the way I want to there's no way that I can get there fully but in 2 Samuel the 24th chapter we find a story about Ornan oh God some things you have to understand sacrifice we see in the story of David and Ornan the wrath of God was kindled against David and the Lord's people because David had numbered Israel and the Lord told him not to do it so the death angel began to stretch his hand across the people of Israel David said God please please spare please spare the people he grieved the Bible said that he grieved and he repented before God you can say what you want to but I still believe repentance moves the heart of God The Bible said that God responded to David's repentance. But Brother Stephen Gill, the response, oh God, I wish we could see this. It's a principle. The response to repentance was not an immediate withdrawal of his hand of the death angel. It wasn't just, okay, since you repented, I'm going to lift it. His response to the repentance was a command for sacrifice. Well, I repented. I'm saved at repentance. No, you're not. I wish I could talk about this with some of my friends that have been preaching saved at repentance. Like we don't have to have the blood anymore. And we don't have to have the Holy Ghost anymore. You listen to what I'm telling you. If you ever hear preachers preaching at any of our meetings that you are saved at repentance, get up and walk out. The Bible said that after David repented that God said all right I'll know how sincere you are by the next move you make but I want you to make a sacrifice for me and I want you to make it at Ornan's threshing floor Now let me tell you about Ornan Ornan was a farmer And it was in the middle. The Bible said it was in the middle of the harvest. It was in the middle of threshing season. The threshing floor was being used in the middle of the threshing season. It was the time of separation. Oh, I wish I could preach this tonight. But God called for sacrifice At Ornan's threshing floor During the threshing season And when David got there He knew what he was asking When he walked up and found Ornan At the threshing floor Threshing the wheat And he walked in, the Bible said that Ornan Was afraid of him Because the king had walked in And he said, Ornan, I've come to take Your threshing floor He said, for what? He said, because God commanded that I offer a bullock right here at your threshing floor and the bible said that ornan not only was he willing to stop in the middle of his harvest but he said david i will give you one of my bullocks and let you sacrifice my bullock on the threshing floor and here comes the temptation okay well since god brought me here he must have brought me here so that Ornan could give me my sacrifice. God didn't command Ornan to sacrifice, God commanded David to sacrifice. And the temptation is I'll make the trip to the threshing floor and I'll have the difficult conversation. But when Ornan offers me his bullock, then I'll offer him his bullock. But David said it like this, and I've got to hurry. David said it like this. He said, Ornan, you're not going to give me the threshing floor. I'm going to pay for it. And I'm not going to use your bullock. I'm going to go get my bullock. He said, because I will not offer God a sacrifice that costs me nothing. I'm fixing to preach to you. I know I've been preaching about 50 minutes. And some of you got timers on. So that's all right. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But that timer can go off tonight. I don't care if it's got an alarm on it. I'm going to tell you this. I've come to preach to this church. And I'm going to bear my soul to you tonight. I'm going to preach this to you. But the temptation of Ornan's threshing floor is to let the choir praise. And to let the preacher preach. To let the young people dance to let somebody else run the aisles but I'll just sit here I've come to the threshing floor and I don't mind letting them sacrifice if God will move then let God move we bring our liturgical praise I don't really like that song so I'm not going to worship I don't really like that kind, so I'm not going to worship. I don't really like that preacher, so I'm not going to worship. I want to tell you tonight, the temptation has got to get off our shoulders. I'm not taking Ornan's bullet. I'm going to give God my praise. Do you know why she's praising like that? Because when she had a stroke, she couldn't run the aisles. Before God healed her, she couldn't walk without a walker. I wish somebody would give God your best. I'm not going to give God something that don't come me everything. Why would you do that, David? Because he understood the law of sacrifice. It unlocks the invisible round. Do you do know what Ornan's threshing for is, right? It later became the place where the temple of God was built. It became a place, of perpetual sacrifice. David said, I'll offer it to God now. And it became a place for generations, for his children to offer sacrifice. He kata mo I'm not going to bring God some liturgical offering let the choir do it all let the praise team do it all I'm not going to just come on Sunday and let pastor preach me happy and me go home the same way that I came but I'm going to give God something I really do wish I had time to finish tonight and tell you one of the most powerful revelations you'll ever see of sacrifice is in the Old Testament tabernacle. The first thing that the priesthood was met with when they entered his gates with thanksgiving then to his courts with praise was the smell of the burning flesh Had to be on the altar It started with praise And then it moves into sacrifice And then the Bible said That they would pass that lever And they would wash the blood off their hands From that sacrifice But that wasn't enough Scripture said that when The priest was going to go in That one time a year It was a special place That God had protected and that priest was going to go in the Bible said that when he walked through those five pillars he entered into the holy place that there next to the veil was the altar of incense the cost of this incense was absolutely insane there's no way that we could put a price on it Just the materials alone for the incense had to be brought from different countries. Men would travel through the days and nights. Somebody say they were invested. They would get the spices, the oil. They would bring it into that holy place. But God's rules were that if you don't offer me this incense... When I translate you behind that veil, if you haven't given me the sacrifice of praise, when you try to come into my presence, you'll fall dead. I don't care how impressive your robe is. I don't care how impressive your chest plate is. if there's not something rising out of this room that costs you something) <laughs> Oh God. That is such a waste, Pastor. Do you know how far they traveled to get that? But God said, It's the only thing that's going to give you access to my presence. I want there to be a smell that begins to rise from the tabernacle of FPC tonight. It's a praise that'll cost you. Just let it rise. You can't demand praise, Pastor. Tell God that. He said, if you're going into my presence, I demand your praise. Shalaboko tabahaya. Jesus was so powerful about it He said if these don't praise me Then the rocks will cry out I guarantee you you can demand praise You can't demand worship But you can demand praise And when I start praising him He'll bring me into a place of worship I praise him outside the veil But I worship him inside the veil Where the mercy seat is Let the glory Of the Lord Rise among us